0: Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Got a DraftKings Pick of the Week for you here. Gonna keep it very simple. We're breaking down Abs versus Blues. A little bit of a spoiler alert here. We all took the Abs in the prediction section of this show. So go to DraftKings. Go bet the Abs to take the series. Go win yourself some money. It's not that complicated. You can jump over there, be a smart better, and take a bet that just makes sense. I actually don't know the odds. I'd have to go look. Um, I imagine <laughs> the ads are probably fairly favored, but they're not going to be insanely favored like they were against Nashville, where it was like minus 500 or something.
1: <laughs> so you'll be able to uh, make a little bit of money. First line I saw yesterday had the ABS at minus 400. That's marginally better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Maybe they maybe they have them up. No, it looks like
1: they still only have... Oh, no they, no, they do. It's only minus 380. That's fine. It's moving in that direction. It's moving towards you making money. If you want to get
0: creative with it, you can take the abs by a game and a half at minus 170. Um, you can also take the abs by two and a half games at plus 135. So... If you're feeling abs in five or, or abs in four, there's, there's a little bit of money to be made over on DraftKings. So go jump over there. Go get on DraftKings. You can use the DNVR code when you sign up. Bet five bucks. You get $150 when you bet on any NBA playoff game. Don't even have to win the bet. They just give you $150 bucks for putting the bet down. And then you can bet that on the NHL however you want. Or you can bet it on the disc ultimate disc championships which they are got going on right now they got water polo they got volleyball they got snooker they got darts they got cycling they got cornhole you name it they got stuff that you can play okay this cornhole tournament is called ACL super hole 3
2: dude pro, pro cornhole is a ton of fun to watch it's
0: actually impossible how good they are.
2: It, it, it like that's one of those ones you're like they have pro cornhole, but then you watch it and it's like oh,
0: <laughs> the dude throws yeah, it guys, in the hole
2: every time. <laughs> every time it's like it's like a big deal if they just land on the board. They're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're crazy good.
0: So head over there, use the DNVR code at DraftKings. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. To DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Today, we are obviously breaking down Avs' round two series. The only round two series that has any teams set has both teams set. Uh, Avs crazy? versus St. Louis. It, it's ridiculous. It, there's a possibility that even after tonight, if things go perfectly, there will be no other teams in the second round yet.
2: Right, 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 right.
0: Which is insane that the ABS have been done for days and the Blues finished last night. Right. Uh, as we break down the series, I'm sure we'll we'll get into all sides of it. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be back. Obviously, I'm sure y'all can tell I don't sound amazing, but.
1: Really would have done you a solid had uh, Minnesota pulled that game out last could time. Have, could have, have used the... a Game
0: 7 for sure yeah. in that series. but
1: You could have taken a few extra days, man.
0: We're battling through as, as best we can. We're, we're making it work. Coming into this series, obviously the Avs the heavy betting favorite, but where are we standing? How confident are y'all feeling heading into Round 2? Because let's be honest, this is the series everyone in the Avs fan base has been waiting for.
2: So I don't know. I was at practice this morning talking to a few people around there, and, and here's where I'm at. St. Louis has a very good team. They're they're deep, eight twenty goal scorers. They finished the season Nine. on a great run. Nine twenty goal scorers. Jared Bednar lied to us all. He said eight. So I was going in so confident. Robert, Robert Thomas day.
1: got the 20, I think, on the last day of the season. On game 82. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so, you know, 920 goal scorers, um, you know, both their special teams are near the top of the league. This is a good team. Um, you know, I'm personally not huge on either of their goaltenders, but like both their goaltenders have played well down the stretch. Uh, you know, Jordan Biddington got them out of the first round, whatever. Yeah. All of that, all of that is true. What I'm about to say makes any of n- makes none of that less true. I just think the Avs match up phenomenally against this team in terms of style of play. Uh you know, it's S- St. Louis has the depth, Minnesota had the high-end talent. The Avs have both.
0: I I'm like the the series against Nashville. Yeah, you can say St. Louis has the depth, but I I don't think their depth is even as good as the Avs if you go down the list. Abs check every box against this team. I think they have something better at every position.
2: Well, and, and I kind of compared it last night. I was talking to someone about um, the old, and we've talked about it a few times on this show, just in various instances, the old Colorado-Chicago matchups of like the, the 2010s. Chicago was so obviously the better team, but there was just some stylistic matchup that worked for the Abs, regardless of how bad they were. And I think this is kind of similar. I, I agree with Evan. I think this is going to be a fun series to watch. But I just, I, I feel good about the way the Abs match up.
0: Yeah, I, I really don't know what's not to like here for the Abs. I, I, I think they match up pretty darn well all the way, top and to the yeah. bottom of the lineup.
1: When you when you talk about oh they've got nine twenty goal scorers. Well, Colorado had seven, and. Without Arturi Lekinen's immigration snafu, he probably makes it eight because he finished with yeah. nineteen. JT yeah. Comfort finished with eighteen. Right. So it's not like it's not like Colorado's like a slouch here, right? Like they're no, they no bum in that regard. And without the injuries that they had between McKinnon, uh Rantanen and Landeskog, Colorado could have had some forty goal guys too. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're really like the, the depth is pretty, I would say that the depth matches up pretty well through the top nine. You might give them uh, a slight, uh, I think probably a slight advantage. Um, You know, with a guy like a JT Comfer versus, you know, like Brandon sod, Mm -hmm. like you would say, okay, that's advantage St. Louis. But when you start, uh, first of all, there's a gigantic drop off uh in the in the fourth line. For sure just Louis. There, yeah. Just as there is with Colorado, but with Colorado's fourth line, it's much more established what that fourth line is. Whereas that was a that was a grab bag for the blues basically all year. And so they don't have that like established identity like they've had in the past. Uh when they had guys like Sammy Blay and Oscar Sunquist and you know guys like guys like that that were down there, Zach Sanford in the past. So, they they really like it's that top nine, and Justin Falk was great this year. Tory Krug was good. Colton Pareko was good. Tori Krug is hurt. We don't know the status of of Krug right now. Going into the series, if he's not able to go, that's a huge problem. Uh, Marco Scandella was also hurt during the Wild Series. He came back and didn't do much so you're wondering you're wondering is he is he going to be healthy enough to handle the grind of a best of 7 against Colorado or not and this is this is where you don't think of the St. Louis Blues as this offensive like powerhouse but not very good defensively it's always been the opposite they're great defensively mm-hmm. they play a punishing style they make you work for it not sure they can score the goals consistently enough to get through uh, a best of seven. That's not that's not who the Blues are. They're not nearly as deep defensively. They're not nearly as physical, especially if they've got Callie Rosen back there with Nick Letty. That's not a physical group at all. All the talk about Nashville's physicality and blah, blah, blah. Colorado matched that in round one. And mm. to be honest with you, going into this round, going into this matchup, the Avs, are, the Avs are the more physical team between these two in their current iterations. So I do
0: point. want to talk about the defense because I think the defense is probably the Avs' biggest gap to this hockey team. I, I don't think the defenses are even remotely close, particularly on the offensive side, as, as you guys already mentioned. Uh, the Blues defense scored two goals in that entire series against Minnesota, both of which came in game six one of them from Nick Letty, and then won a garbage time goal from Colton Pareko. And that was it for the goal-scoring side. And even on the assist and production side, I didn't do the math, so I don't know the exact numbers, but it's going to be pretty close to equaling out in the playoffs of Makar and Taves' production versus the entire St. Louis defense <laughs> in round one. It's going to be pretty close. I, I, I didn't actually do the math. We have the abs leading scores graphic here which they, obviously like St.
1: Louis's defense had 13 points so
0: mccarr and Taves bodied that yeah. uh with that abs top scoring here obviously is it realistic for Kale mccarr to be a 10 points in four
1: games guy the rest of the playoffs maybe not but no, i mean the answer is no like he's that that pace is unsustainable even if even if that was Nathan McKinnon with 10 points in four games, I'd be saying that is unsustainable. That's two and a half points per game. Come on. That's not going to keep up. Now, the question is, is how far does it drop?
2: So so yeah. I, I was I, I was going to say, to be fully fair, I feel like we said that's not going to keep up a lot early in the season. <laughs> and a lot of this stuff kept up. I fully, I'm mostly being tongue in cheek. I, I, I,
0: I don't even know that you are because we were <laughs> right about a lot of things. where we like, it's not going to keep up, but it did keep up for a month or two.
1: Yeah, it kept yeah. up for a lot longer than we were expecting, but yeah, it did no, like did normalize. But with with like McCar, like, Ruto, you're muted. Sorry.
0: If it, if it keeps off, up for a month or two, playoffs are over.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, K- Kale McCarr is not going to average two and a half points per game this postseason. Like you're right. Don't tell what he can and cannot but... do. <laughs> like, like, let's like that's that's like Gretzkyan. Okay. Like that's now I, want I, talk I, you want to talk me into like 1.8 or something, I'm willing to listen. If
0: Makar is averaging anything over two, we are in the greatest timeline.
1: Like <laughs> yeah. Like at that point, at that point, he's your runaway con Smythe favorite, and Colorado's doing very, very well. Yeah. But Regardless of this, McCarr, McCarr is a great place to start because you look up front and you say, okay, well, the forwards, you know, they don't really have um, an answer to McKinnon and uh, uh, and Miko, but with like Tarasenko, with, with uh, O'Reilly, with, you know, Bucinavich and Kyrou and Thomas, it's like they're death by a thousand paper cuts. Like, they match up so well because their third line is going to go out there and just be able to eat up your third line. That's not going to be true in this series, but how well Colorado's depth does handle this. And this is where I think you make the Alex Newhook case. He's more offensively capable than uh, uh, Abe Kubel. And this is this kind of series where you say, hey, his his strengths and weaknesses match up in this series way better than Knack's. You should really put him into this lineup because having him there with Burakovsky and JT Comper, you're talking about, okay, now you've got their, their very offensive third line. against your very offensive third line. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, and I just think that's, that's, if you can match their depth, anything that Colorado has on defense is better than what St. Louis has.
2: Well, so a couple things there. I, 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 agree with you. And I think, I think new hook will get a look in this series either way. And and you make a good point of like, I saw there was so much conversation in the first round with new hook, not playing. And, and what a lot of people, I, I, I think either didn't understand or chose to ignore was it was a stylistic decision. It wasn't a, we think any of these guys are, you know, better or any better or worse than Alex new hook, but We think that there's a couple of these guys who stylistically make a little bit more sense for us in this series. Yeah. And I think this series, at the bare minimum, you have a case to make, and I think you just made it perfectly, of now it's Alex Newhook who matches up well stylistically. I I thought I Abe Kubel was good in the first round.
1: Yeah, I didn't have any issues.
2: If if you don't have the depth that you've got, I don't think that you you know, I don't think I'd want to pull him out of that lineup, but this is a situation where I think it makes more sense for Alex Newhook to, to at the very least get a look um, and, and see how he helps balance those third lines. And then your comment there about the defense. That has been Colorado's great – I don't even know if equalizer is the right word, but, I mean, that has been their secret matchup weapon all year. And I go back to game two against Nashville, overtime. It's the fourth line out there, but who scores the goal? It's Kale McCarr you have the ability at home or on the road to find yourself in a, a positive mismatch on any given shift, because if you're rolling your bottom six out there, even if you're on the road and okay, they want to match that. However, they want to match it. You roll Kale McCarr and Devon Taves and you immediately have the two best players on the ice, regardless of who they match with. If you start getting a team to match depth for depth, again, that overtime goal is a great example. You want to go depth for depth. The, the, the defense is just the ultimate X factor.
0: Yeah, uh, I do want to dig into St. Louis's defense a little bit more as well, but we are brought to you by Avaca TV. You can go over to Avaca, E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNVR to get signed up today. First three months, just $15. So a fantastic deal right there when you use code DNVR be sure you jump on that. They've got Altitude. They've got uh, AT&T Sports Network. They've got national channels. So they have you covered for the vast majority of sports in the Denver metro area. If you're local, super easy to use as well. It just comes with a box. You plug it right into your TV. And you're popping around on the television, just like you used to do with Comcast when they actually showed, you know, sports. But instead, Comcast don't do that anymore, at least not for altitude. So. Go get a vodka TV instead and use that. Again, right on your TV. Easy stuff. Evoca.tv slash DNVR. 15 bucks a month the first three months. Just 25 bucks a month after that. So good for that type of thing. I, I'm playing for direct TV stream 70 bucks a month right now. So it's a way better deal than that, let me tell you. Also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar and... They are sending two ABS fans to every single ABS home playoff game. So go over to Breckbrew.com, nominate someone to win some of those tickets. You gotta get in on it. It's it's ridiculous that they're giving away two tick two playoff tickets, two ball arena to every game. This includes this round, the third round, it includes the cup finals if the AVs make it that far. So the giveaway here is actually ridiculous. You got to get in on it with Breckbrew. Go to Breckbrew.com. Check it out. Drink their beers. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Maybe go to a playoff game. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So as we bring up the, uh, uh, sorry, St. Louis's top scores from round one, you get Perron, you get O'Reilly, you get Tarasenko, and my big question is, yeah, I get it. Perron was hurt last year, but we saw COVID. Sorry, COVID. My bad. Uh, St. Louis's top line by the end of that series was avoiding the Avs' top line. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly was not getting matched against Nathan McKinnon. And you look at St. Louis's defense behind that. And my question is how does St. Louis stop Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landis, Gog, Miko Randon? How do they do it?
1: Yeah, their their top two pairings last night, uh, they had Nick Letty with Colton Pareko, which if that's the matchup that you want to run, you're going to get worked. Uh, and then they had Justin Falk kind of doing the thing that the abs had Sam Girard doing last year, where they kind of had him moving around with different, uh, different D partners, just based on situations, but um, that's that's a problem. Like you don't have an answer to that question. Like you just you just don't. You're 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 just hoping that you get through that because there isn't like like Colton Pareko, especially since Petrangelo left. We've seen you know he struggled with the back injury a bit, but. We've seen that he just hasn't lived up to that, like, he hasn't taken that, like, next step to being, like, that shutdown number one guy, that true, like, two-way do-everything-for-you. He's a good player. He's a good defender. He's big, and he's physical, but uh he has, if if that's your best response to Colorado's top offerings, you're in trouble. Like, you you don't, and you have no way of overcoming, like, you just need Colton Pareco to have the series of his life. It's
0: I, I think it's kind of turtles all the way down, too, isn't it? Right. Because you get down to their third pairing and you're saying you're asking Callie Rosen to stop Alex Newhook.
1: Well, Callie Rosen, Callie Rosen, actually, uh, he was Justin Falk's primary partner last night.
0: So he's playing on their second pair. Yeah. And, and you're asking those dudes to stop anybody.
1: They so keep in mind they did play 7D last night, so there were a lot of there was a lot of mixing and matching. But like sure. Scott Perunovich played three minutes of even strength time in last night's game. Like there, there isn't a lot of trust there yet. And while Scott Perunovic was a, is a nice prospect, you know, he's an interesting guy, he'd be an X factor for them in this series if I thought he was gonna get like a lot of ice time. Uh, I don't. I don't know that. I. I don't know, that that's gonna happen. Um. Yeah, Justin Falk's not there. Just Justin Falk isn't their top D. He doesn't even get used that way. He's very much an
0: offensive-minded target for them. Well, and like
1: they play him a ton on. They play him a ton on their their PK as well. But like, just because they
0: have no one else to use is like. Well, when you go down
1: the line of Krug, Falk, and Letty, it's like, hmm. Well, and and they use Mikola a lot on their on their PK, and then uh, on their they like they just like rotate their PK guys. Like, um. That's that's what happens when you don't have like that hard answer. Where you're like, we want to lean heavily on these guys. You're kind of like, hey, well, it, it, Colorado does something similar on their PK, where they just kind of rotate a lot of guys in because they're like, hey, these guys can all kind of. These guys can all kind of contribute to this, so, and their their PK is great. They're fifth in the NHL in PK this year, Uh, and they I think St. Louis, yeah, yeah, and they were second on the power play. Their special teams is huge.
2: Yeah, that's going to be to me. If if there's any one part of this series where you sit there and say St. Louis is going to give themselves a chance, it's if the Avs start getting themselves into penalty trouble.
1: Definitely. If this is a low penalty series, you have to really like Colorado's chances even more. Yeah, yeah. If Colorado opens up the door and they do dumb shit and they they give St. Louis power play opportunities. They're gonna have it. It's gonna be a lot harder.
2: Yeah, no. Yeah. no. St.
1: Louis isn't a very good five on five team. Um, but if you if you play a special teams battle with them, if you let special teams dictate games, they'll beat you consistently. And, 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 they will beat you.
2: And, and and honestly, I feel like that's a lot of what happened in their first round series with Minnesota. Um, that first round series I thought was really interesting for them because I mentioned earlier, like Minnesota had the high end talent, but nothing for depth St. Louis. Well, they don't necessarily have like the ultra high end talent. They've, they've got the depth and AJ, I think you put it perfectly earlier that St. Louis had the season, the type, the type of season they had because they just feasted on teams like Minnesota. You know, we, we, we have we're good enough at the top to survive on most nights and our depth will eat you up. And if you're going to want to, if you know, if you're going to try to really ramp up physicality and take some penalties, we'll make you pay there. And you know, Minnesota kind of turned out to be the pretender that we all kind of thought they were, um, you know, once, once it got into a seven game series, but they got themselves in penalty trouble and wouldn't you know it, Kirill Kaprizov couldn't win a playoff series on his own. Um, and, uh, I mean, he tried great. I mean, an unbelievable series from him. Um, but, but, you know, they just, they, they St. Louis leaned into their two things that are really, really strong points for them, their depth and their special teams. And it got them out of the first round. If they can't, you know, I think we all kind of agree the depth is going to be a lot harder for them to lean on. And then if they're not getting the special teams battle that they got in the first round, you know, kind of just going off of everything else we are just talking about their, their matchups against Colorado's top line. Um, it's, it's going to be a tough series for them, but there's a formula for them to make it close. If you're just going straight five on five for the most part, um, you know, I think we're kind of painting the picture here that it's going to be tough for St. Louis to match up, go blow, blow for blow, assuming the abs bring some level that, that we saw, you know, some level of what we saw in the first round.
0: Shout out to the couple of blues fans in our chat. We see you. We appreciate you hanging out.
1: Sorry, Locked. you're mad. Well, well,
0: hey. Being very reasonable. Or Look, at least yeah, they were you when I last. Just keep it reasonable. Don't be an asshole, and we're cool.
1: Yeah. You know? Um, somebody asked what were uh how did the special teams perform in the first round? Um Minnesota scored uh four goals on the power play and St. Louis scored eight. So, dokie. St. Louis, St. Louis tore that ass up on special teams.
0: So here is the other, I don't know how much of a question mark it is, but maybe an uncertainty going into this series for St. Louis. At this point, it is Jordan Bennington's net. Billy Huso lost it in the first round. Bennington yeah. won three games in a row for them. So the ABS are going to get Jordan Bennington.
1: Yeah, like, uh, and who knows? And, yeah. Like, we'll just see, right?
2: Hey, he gonna Andy, play by well, the way, man? we did end up seeing all four goalies in the first round of that series, we so we did. nailed it. <laughs> St. Louis
1: is very thankful they got Cam Talbot last night, which, boy, was that cold-blooded. Though. The guy hasn't played in two weeks. You throw him out there in an elimination game, and he gives up if that super so, softy to start the game, and it's like...
2: If you're Cam Talbot... Do you feel slighted at all?
1: Slighted? I,
2: I mean, you, I, just you because felt... you went on a tear to end the sea, a tear clearly outplayed Flurry. Yeah. And then the first time you get in is like, hey, all right, man, we're on the verge of being eliminated, and we've yeah. been outplayed for three straight games. Get in there and steal it for us. It's like, ah, oh, what the hell? I, I feel like you yeah. were
0: slighted the second they picked up Flurry, though. You, you kind of knew. Yeah.
1: So, yeah,
2: no, that's a good point. It's not like they were going to give I, that up and then not play Flurry.
1: Yeah, like I do think that it was disrespectful. I, I,
2: to me, it should have been one of those things where he should have gotten the game one start with a short leash. Given the way he played down the stretch, like to me, that should have been his game one net. And if he lost, you could have gone right to Flurry for game two and felt like you at least made the effort to do the right thing. Well, that's,
0: that's where I'm at with it because yeah. game one, Minnesota got straight bopped St. Louis shuts them out for nothing. And you don't yeah. go to him after that.
2: Right. Right. If nothing else, just for like the emotional shakeup of exactly. the team, like yeah. even tell flurry, like this isn't about you. We're you know, I just need a jolt here. We'll get you back in there. But um, yeah. Yeah. Second round pick lit on fire, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, you take a chance, right? Like,
2: no, no, I know, and I'm. That's what the
1: deadline is: is lighting picks on fire for dreams.
0: <laughs> it comes with the caveat of Minnesota also light- lighting fourteen million cap on fire. So,
2: hey, there's a take St. Louis and Colorado fans can agree with: Flurry is overrated. Yeah, ah,
1: the truth. Yeah, <laughs> Colorado fans are just tired of hearing about him. No yeah. kidding. We don't have to hear about Flurry anymore until people start obsessing over the offseason. Right. When it's like, if Darcy Kemper plays well during the postseason, it's like he's going to ask for too much money, sign Flurry and forget the-
2: Flurry. Yeah. And if he doesn't play well, We're it's like, Yeah. Yeah. No matter how this playoff goes, if the ABs win the cup and Darcy Kemper doesn't give up another goal, or if they get bounced in the second round, there's gonna be calls for flurry no matter
1: what. It's true. It's true.
2: He's either gonna to cost too much or isn't good enough. And yep.
1: yeah, it will be uh it will be interesting though, is speaking of goaltending to see how the blues manage that position because they've kind of just sort of hot-handed their way through the season and in a best of seven that can be tricky to do. Like, they got away with, oh, hey, like, Billy Huso shit the bed in one of those games. So he was bad. You put Jordan Biddington in, and then you wait for Jordan Biddington to have a bad game, and then you go back to Huso. Mm-hmm. And then Biddington just doesn't have one, so now you're fine. But it's hard to, uh, you know, it, it works great if the guy that comes in plays well. But if the guy that comes in doesn't play very well, then... You're really, uh, you're just in a tough spot there, and it's kind of the it's kind of the the downside of the platoon is that neither guy is really in rhythm, right. but you don't really know on a day to day basis what you're going to get out of that position. You're just kind of hoping it goes well.
0: Do we want to have the rest versus rust debate especially with Darcy Kemper given he has not played since game 3 it's going to be you know monday or tuesday roughly 11 12 days since the last time Darcy played in a hockey game
1: Yeah I think uh I think he's the he's the one that you're worried about being rusty I'm not worried about the Abs at all the avs this is like the one year that the Abs have come back on from breaks uh and just been fine and we saw him in Game one of the uh, of the postseason last year against Vegas, you remember they sat around for a week after beating St. Louis, and smoked Vegas. And like obviously Vegas was exhausted, and that was a bad situation. Uh, but like Colorado was ready to play in the game one of that series, and I think that Colorado will be just fine. I think they're going to get a much better game from St. Louis than they got from uh, really. Either Vegas or Nashville. I I think it's gonna be a yeah. great game. I think great game one is gonna rock.
2: Well, and and the one thing that again, you know, talking about the Rust, the rest versus Rust thing, like the absence actually what I'm currently writing a piece on right now is is about how they have been able to not really have that affect them. they they've got a different mental focus about them this year and a different level of intensity mm-hmm. um, that you know we talked a lot at the end of the season about flipping the switch and and while I don't necessarily want to oversimplify it that way, it's amazing what a difference there was in the vibe at practice yesterday versus today. Um, yeah, sure you know,
1: everybody's hanging out in today's business. Right.
2: Right. And, and like, and like, you know, they were skating hard and they were snapping pucks around and stuff yesterday, but you know, there was, there was a lot more kind of just loosey goosiness Um, but today, I mean, it was hard passes, crisp skating, full speed, um, you know, digging in back to work. And, right. And, and I asked Bednar, I said, do you feel like, because you know, the last few days and at, since, since the end of game four, it's been about being able to reset, recharge, uh, you know, get refocused and, um, you know, have a day off to, to kind of, uh, you know, replenish ourselves and blah, 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 blah. I said, do you feel like once that game ended last night, it flipped from, Oh, nice. It's nice to get some time off in between these games too. We are in round two and now it's all about prepping for round two. And first he said, hundred percent there, their, their rest ended last night. They are no longer waiting around. They're no longer, you know, in between the first and second round. They know who the opponent is. They are ready to, you know, ready to get to work. And for St. Louis, again, I'm not doubting that they won't come ready for game one. Yeah. Um. But like today is their day to rest and recharge and reset. And then tomorrow they've got to get back to work and probably get on a plane.
1: I was going to say they, they should get here as soon as yeah. possible. So that by game two, they're not feeling altitude at all anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's just, you know, I think the abs actually will benefit a little bit from the St. Louis series, not going seven games. Um, Cause you know, there's, there's the the stat out there that team, when when there's a matchup of a team that just swept versus a team that went seven games Uh, It has been many, 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 many years since a team that swept has then won their next series against a team that went seven games. I just think that, you know, you're not going to have St. Louis coming in right off of that super emotional high. Both teams will have to kind of level set a bit. And if you're the abs, you just hope that your preparedness can um, leave you feeling a little bit better going into game one.
0: Okay. We are brought to you by the American Raptors. You can go see them at the Infinity Park in Glendale for absolutely free. Highly recommend if you haven't gone down there and checked them out yet. We also have Colton Strickler doing the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Did
1: you see that the uh, uh, United States is trying to bring the Rugby World Cup to here? Yeah, their men's and women's 15 teams
0: practice at Infinity Park, by the way. So literally the best rugby in the country happens here. Uh, highly recommend you go see some of that. Colton has the DNVR Rugby podcast. You can follow him on Twitter. He's got everything. If you're into the sport, he'll have interviews with literal legends of the sport. If you're new, he's got 101 on so you can learn the sport, hit up all of that cool stuff. I really wish the season didn't overlap as much with hockey so that I could watch more of it. But unfortunately... We kind of got a Stanley Cup going on, maybe fortunately in this case. But either way, go over there. Go follow the DNVR Rugby account on Twitter. Go check out all of that stuff. Again, you can go see an American Raptors game. If you have any interest in rugby or just want a night on the town, you can go to Infinity Park at Glendale for free, literally $0, to go have a great time at a rugby game third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's get into X-Factors. We talked about it a little bit already. Uh, for the Avs, I think this is an obvious one, especially after round one. You have Devontae's. The dude is just an absolute monster, and he's exactly what St. Louis is lacking on the opposite side.
1: Good defenseman?
0: Yep. <laughs> I, I don't think it's complicated, but you're You're asking Devon Taves, and to a lesser extent, Kale McCarr, but you're asking that top pairing to say, hey, we're going to match you up against most likely St. Louis's top line, and and obviously, however, the matchups run down, they run down. But if they play quality defense and keep the other team in check, you can rely on the Avs' top line to get theirs.
2: So I thought the Devontae's goal in game four uh, where he tied the game in the third period. I thought that goal was (laughs) like poetically representative of who he kind of has become on this team in the terms of he joined that rush late and kind of became the forgotten guy on that rush as everyone was keeping their eye, you know, looking down low And suddenly EJ just finds him with a perfect pass. He's got 20 feet to walk down the middle of the ice, rips a puck past uh, Connor Ingram. And it was a huge goal and just a really muted celebration. And I thought that, like I said, I thought that was representative. He's, he's become this like forgotten in terms of other teams, forgotten elite piece that can just kill you all over the ice and he's done it all season. And yet you get so caught up in chasing around kill McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, uh, you know, Bowen Byram, Miko Rantanen, Gabe Landeskog, that every now and then this all world elite defenseman just comes walking down the slot with no one within 20 feet of him. And I mean, he's made a killing on those types of plays all year where look, he, he he has been he hasn't been a finalist, but like he's had Norris caliber seasons two years in a row. Yeah,
1: if he was not playing next to Kale McCarr, he would get real Norris consideration.
2: Right, and and the fact that that guy, depending on the line you put out there, is the fifth guy that you have to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I love how you brought that up too, Jesse. Because obviously everyone was watching Kale McCarr score twenty eight goals this year, right? Was he right. going to get to thirty? Yada yada yada. Devontae's had thirteen goals, which is yeah. good enough for top ten in all defensemen in the regular season.
1: Right. Like, right. dude's pretty okay,
2: pretty all right. And like, <laughs> and he had
1: fifty seven right. points. Like he right. he had as many points as David Perron did this year.
2: I mean, two goals in that first round and and he's kind of like Berkey where it's like, yeah, this dude only scores nasty goals. Like the, the, the one to tie it's an elbow in short side. Uh, I I mean, just, it, it, it is just funny that for as an elite of a season as he had, not only was it kind of quiet outside of Colorado, it wasn't talked about much at all despite being a top 10 offensive season from defenseman. And he's the second thought on, on not, not only on like this team, but on his own pairing, he's the second guy. And it's just crazy because he's, he's been, he, he's he been a Norris level defenseman two years in a row.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just an insane advantage to, for the Avs to have a guy like that. And, and be
2: able to say, yep, he's not even our number one. Right, right, right. He's not even the best guy in his own pairing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so pretty ridiculous. On the blue side of X-Factors, you know who it is. It was on the opposite side of this battle last year. It's the uh, – I, I, does he count as an evil X? I, I don't know. We have to have this conversation. It's Brandon Saad as, as the X-Factor
1: Brandon.
0: on uh, St. Louis's side. We we know O'Reilly counts as an evil X. Does Brandon Sod count? Is it too soon?
1: I mean, he kind of counts as an evil X.
0: All right, give it the half, half, and half.
2: Yeah, I mean, someone for a few he was,
1: months. He was you're like your rebound.
2: Yeah, uh, dude, but, I was gonna say your rebound person that doesn't stick around very long, but I was like, I don't know what they were rebounding from, but hundred percent.
1: More disappointment. More playoff heartbreak. They rebounded into Brandon Saad and now they're rebounding into Arturi Lekanen.
2: So is, is Brandon Saad the X factor? I, I know he's a X factor, but an X factor, but is he, is it him or Peron? Uh,
0: from Devontae's is the most underrated player in the NHL. I can't give it to Perron because he was literally their leading scorer in the first round. So that's not an X factor. That's a main factor.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, And to to answer that question, I mean, I don't know if Devontae's is the most underrated player, but I think he's up there right now in terms of maybe doesn't get the love he deserves.
1: Give me Rasmus Anderson. He's my most underrated player.
2: There you go. I think Landy's up there, too, actually.
1: Dude, the year, the year that he had was so stupid. And then <laughs> he comes out, and he hasn't played in, what, seven weeks? And he comes out and just casually is like, oh, yeah, in the middle of this playoff series, I'm just going to have a four-point night. <laughs> I six points in four games. Hello. Oh,
2: the bad. thing that
0: impressed me the most is he comes out game one. Dude hasn't played in seven weeks on a questionable me. And he's an absolute tank of a human being. Yeah, he's
2: a force, dude.
0: Like, couldn't knock him over on a bad knee. And you're like, okay, I guess
2: Landy's just an actual beast. Him running through O'Reilly last year and then setting up the goal was where oh, I was yeah. like, all right, th- this guy's a little bit of a different player than I've always kind of pictured him to be. Like, he's he he's got a different gear.
1: Well, and then and then last year you also had. Um, uh, him beating the holy shit out of Braden Shen, yeah, yeah where it was like, yeah, he set that tone in the series that this like this like St. Louis like intimidation thing isn't gonna happen. I don't think that's gonna be a concern this year with St. Louis because the Blues just haven't really had that same kind of attitude. they're they're much more like your classic like fire wagon team like they just yeah. they just want to drop a five spot on you and and mock you on the way out, right?
2: Hey, spe- speaking of five goals, I-, I-, I couldn't believe what you had sent me yesterday. <laughs> and when I was watching that game, I was like, well, I already know how this is going to end then. yeah, That I- was pretty unbelievable, dude.
0: I do want to talk about the physical side a little bit more later, but I want to circle back to Saad first. The reason I put him as the X factor is kind of as we've already summed up at five on five St. Louis's depth has got to get the job done for them. Their forward depth has got to be the one scoring goals, either pushing them ahead or keeping them in games, at least enough to get their power play going. Right. Because it's really hard to find an edge for St. Louis in this series outside of special teams. So Saad on a third line, second line, however, they end up using him. Obviously stuff's going to get mixed and matched. Is it the one spot you can, you can see the abs maybe getting into a spot of trouble?
2: Look, like that first round showed us, and I actually was a little surprised. Fednar today he goes, Look, Nashville had one line of offense. We knew what we had to do, we knew what the assignment was. We had to shut that line down, and they did so swimmingly.
1: I mean, they didn't. They, I mean, they didn't even. Matt Duchesne scored three goals. Like, they did an okay job. I mean, it's three goals in four games. Like, you're not going to win any games like that.
2: Well, I was saying the first two came when his team was down by more than six.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it, they, he was right. I mean, that was an easy, like, okay, what are you going to do to stop Nashville? Like, obviously, it was like, okay, they have a couple of 40-goal scores, and they got a bunch of bums. Look, man, if, if Yakov Trenin
0: beats you, he beats you. Yeah, like,
1: three <laughs> goals to Yakov Trenin, and you lost no games because of it. Like, you're fine. Right. Well, so blues, so blues are not gonna be that man. They're that is right. a much tougher assignment.
2: Right. And now that, that's kind of where I'm going with that. And and, and I think Rudo, you're right. You know, when you're talking about <laughs> him on that third second, third line, if St. Louis is gonna keep themselves in this game, it's gonna have to come from those guys. David Perron is another like weird Joe Pavelski type where like it just clicks for him against the abs for whatever reason. So like you'll have to worry about that. O'Reilly's a good player but that's where the abs are going to focus. You know, they're, you know, they're going to get the toughest, uh, th- that line from St. Louis is going to get the toughest matchups. They're going to be having to fight for their offensive zone time. St. Louis is going to stay in this series. If their depth, if they're, you know, Brandon sods of their, of their team are making enough noise and causing enough problems for the abs down around the net.
1: Yeah. And like, honestly, you could, you could take out Brandon sod and you could put in David Perron. You could put in Braden shed. Could put in Ryan O'Reilly like pick a guy like when you have when you have the kind of scoring depth that they have like they're all going to be really important it,
0: of course and it's just as Chad is kind of saying yeah if your top
1: line sucks you're in trouble that's not an yeah. x-factor you're like,
0: in deep shit if your top if line is not
1: producing 70 point guys like if you're if you're Thomas Kairu Tarasenko those guys aren't producing you're not you're probably not winning the series Yep. If David McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Val Michushkin don't produce in the series, Colorado probably doesn't win. Right. Like your yep. top guys have to produce. That's not an X factor, that's an expectation. Yep. This is that's the post, post this is the postseason. You pay you pay these dudes for these moments. You don't pay, you know, you're not you didn't go out and get Pavel Buchnevich and he had a great year and all that, but you didn't you didn't pay him all that money. To turn around and be like, all right, well, thanks for the thanks for the 70-point season. Go ahead and don't bother showing up for the playoff. <laughs> it's all good, man. So I don't know if this is an
0: X factor, but it's it's kind of taken on a life of its own at this point. The cadre factor. Thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: he's so Kadri hasn't played well at all since coming back from the shoulder injury. Uh, he had the games down the stretch. He didn't look any good. Um, he just hasn't been the same kind caliber of play. And like, I'm not even asking,
2: three. I liked his game.
1: I'm not even asking him to be like the, like the guy that had like 70 points in 50 games or like, that was so dumb. And it was so unrealistic to just expect this guy to continue to be a top five player in the NHL. Like, let's be real.
0: We got five dollars from Micah here. Sorry to cut you off on work calls, so I can't listen. But just looking at you beauties and getting hyped for round two. Let's go, Avs. Appreciate the five, Micah.
1: Um, but like Kadri has to play better, and like he had the nice, he had the really nice uh feed to Landeskog, uh for for the fourth goal in game three, uh the one that got challenged for interference, and um they did not win that challenge and stood. He also and, had and a couple then, borderline gimmies that he couldn't finish. Well, and, like, he gets the freebie, right, on the ensuing power yeah. play. So it's like, oh, he has a goal and an assist in, like, two-minute span mm-hmm. as they go from 3-3 to 5-3 and put that game away. But outside of that stretch, like, Nazem Kadri has a lot more to give, and he has to give it against St. Louis. He's a huge part of the selling point that Colorado's depth can keep up. And with, you know, with Robert Thomas – and Ryan O'Reilly is your as your centers here like Nazem Kadri has to step up and answer the bell in the series especially with the uncertainty of the 3C Nazem Kadri Nazem Kadri has to be that guy this series I the thing is yeah I agree
0: with what you're saying but there's that added factor of this with the Justin Falk situation last year. And, and we saw multiple games this regular season. St. Louis came after him, not just the once it's solved. They kept pushing that button.
1: Yeah, they the first game of the year was stupid because they went after him twice. And it was like he did like, what do you want from him? Right. But it was like constant, like they were constantly testing him. And I said, I said against Nashville, you'd be an idiot not to not to push him in the postseason, try and get him to do something dumb, try and get him to do something dangerous. Like you would be, you would be an idiot not to, not to maybe even cross a line to test him to see if you can get him to do something irresponsible. It's just, I mean, it's, unfortunately it's, at this point in, in Kadri's career, it's just smart. It's just smart hockey. Well,
2: and, and <clears throat> you know, they're going to come at him because of the history um, because of the way that the games went earlier this season, Uh I, I actually I give Kadri a ton of credit. I thought he handled himself really well in the first round when the Preds were trying to you know bait him into stuff. Yeah. Um, he, he did a good job of
1: Olivier standing. just skated by him at center ice and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna poke the bear," literally. Yeah. And Kadri yeah. was like,
2: "Right." He he did a. Guy. He did a good job of defending himself when needed, but not getting sucked into any of that stuff. And you know, Josh Manson talked after I think game two, um, and, and I mean he sort of said like, "Look, we're not going to let teams do that to him. He's too important to us, and we're not going to let teams, you know, goad him into that stuff." And so I I think the team, I think Kadri's aware of it. I think the team's aware of it. Sure. Um, so while I don't doubt for a second, and I agree with you fully, AJ, if St. Louis didn't try it, I'd be like, they don't deserve to win this series. If you're not going to try to get that guy off his game and get him thrown out, you know, you're not doing your job. So I think they'll do it. Get but... in his
1: head and act him and get All him back right. to school or something. I mean, some, like he's, he's a notoriously emotional guy. You want to push on that a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. And okay. you, know,
1: you know that the way that the abs are, are rallying around him, that there's, hey, if you push that guy, two dudes might freak out and do something, right. you know, in defense of him. Like we saw Josh Manson somehow be the only guy with a penalty when they literally went after him. Like Luke Cunning goes after Kadri at the end of a period, and it was all good. And Josh Manson defended him and, like, that's where you are. Like you've got to, you've got to, he just, he, he knows that that's coming uh, and he just has to handle it. And I, I look, he's either going to, or he's not there. He hasn't earned any level of trust whatsoever because of his career. And he knows that, mm-hmm. but he has to go out there and he just has to do it. He has to stay cool. But at the same time, he has to find a way to walk that line and still be the player he needs to be. Because part of what makes him effective is that he lives on that edge. And five, that a really good player. Five pounds from Metalhead
0: here, Say an ABS fan from UK. Love you guys and all of your coverage. Love the DNVR vibes. Go ABS, go! You guys are you guys are crazy. Did love I say the it Pounds. Yeah. love
2: the pounds.
0: That's like it's the opposite of Canadian money. Pounds. It's like ten dollars. If it's Canadian <laughs> money, it's like two fifty. <laughs>
2: um, AJ, you, you make a good point there, and, and we can move on from Kadri. Not to you know beat this to death too much but you know about while you you love that cadry seems to or at least has to this point in the season really gotten a lid on a lot of that stuff you don't want him to bottle it up too much because that is part of what you know who he is as a player and that's the same conversation that we had a couple months ago about nathan mckinnon with the fight that is what makes nathan mckinnon nathan mckinnon not necessarily the fight but that fire and that you know, competitiveness and that you're not going to do that to one of our guys. It's the same thing with Kadri. He, he's obviously, obviously is a very um, you know, well-recorded history of going too far, but um, that's part of what makes him who he is and and why he's gotten to this point in his careers. He's got that edge to him. And Mm -hmm. you want to see him keep a, keep a lid on it, but don't bottle it up too much.
1: You gotta walk the line. You still have to be an effective player. You can't be worrying about it so much that you don't play the game. You know, right. Right to, to the best of his ability, yeah. he's got to be. Because I mean, he's he's again, he's really important. He's got to be. He's got to be better than he has been. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's get to the part of the show where I get to lord over you all the facts that I called a sweep in round one. As Degro gives us two dollars, I don't like how the refs still pick on Kadri.
1: I don't well, think they he do also, necessarily he wind a lot. You know, like that guy goes down really easy. He also gets a lot of calls. Everything, <laughs> everything is really dramatic with Nazim Kadri. Like he goes down in the center. Somebody breathes on him in center ice, and he like contorts his body, and his stick goes flying. And you're just like, this is why you don't get some calls, man this would be why, because some of this is a little over the top
0: call in the predictions. What do we got for round two predictions from the group?
1: I mean, I'm, I, I'm going to go with a F four, two, just because I, I'm not round two. I'm not trusting of, I guess just this whole situation to the, like, what's the difference between a four, one and a four, two.
0: One hockey game.
1: Yeah, and ultimately, you don't give a shit about that in the in the long run. It doesn't matter. It's like the difference between 4-0 and 4-1 versus Nashville wouldn't have mattered. Like, whatever. So we all agree that this is Colorado' serious lose. They're the better team. Um, they're better. They're really better in all three levels. Um, the one area that St. Louis can compete, uh, I, I would say, on any given day, goaltending can always be there but their forward depth is is great um, and that's really that's really it I don't think that's good uh, teams teams that aren't good defensively don't usually go deep into the postseason and this is and especially without Tory Krug they were already fighting an uphill battle on that side of the puck without Tory Krug it's gonna get worse so
0: you're you're essentially asking Jordan Bennington to be even better than he was in their original cup run it, yeah it's an insane ask for him and goal, given the defense in front of him.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, and look, goalies could do goalies. Goalies can change any seven game series. It's always, it's always a possibility.
0: 10 Canadian here from drew saying awesome work is always just wondering what your thoughts are on how short a leash Bennington will have. If he starts to slip, I, I think it won't be that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't
1: think it'll be, I don't, I, I don't think I'll have a long leash because Ville Husso was so good for them this year. That Jordan Bennington gives up three in the first period of Game One, I think we see Villahuso.
0: I mean, yeah. If if you see a total eruption, sure. But if he loses Game One, four-one, something like that, yeah, assuming he doesn't get three dropped on his head right away, I think, given the way Round One went, they're going to have a hard time getting away from Bennington.
2: Yeah, back to the the predictions. To me, honestly, like it's. <clears throat> It's one of those things where I, I could see, I, I think the only way St. Louis wins this series, if it, if it goes deep, if it goes to seven games and a lot of things go their way um, again, I don't, I don't think it's out of the question that St. Louis could win the series, but like you said, AJ, I think we all agree that this is the Av series to lose. And and honestly, I don't think any result would surprise me from a, another four Oh sweep to seven games. like, mm-hmm. I just think this series, there's, there's so many X factors in in terms of like a couple breaks here or there in this series can look a a lot of different ways. Um, And Bennington is a huge part of that. Uh, Special teams are a big part of that. Um, And I mean,
1: this group, man, you just can't.
2: Right. Dar- Darcy Kemper is a big part of that. I, I mean, he's been phenomenal, I think, this season. Um, but like AJ said, goaltending can switch at the drop of a hat. Uh,
0: a couple more super chats here. You guys being extremely generous. Thank you. Five pounds from Judgy saying, Abs fan since 95. My wife is from St. Louis. This series could cause a problem at home. You made it through last year. You're fine. <laughs> True. And then at $2 from the chick, we all know the only real story is Taves versus Letty.
1: It kind of is. <coughs> because if Nick Letty can have the best series that he's ever had, St. Louis needs that. Uh and if Devon Taves has his worst series since coming to Colorado, well, St. Louis needs that too. Then it's a conversation.
0: Yeah. I I think the abs are just this good, man. Like I, I picked the 4-1 because I really think the Avs are just that much better than everyone in the
1: West. I, well and I really like the St. Louis team. I just it's the per, it's the particular matchup here. It's it's Nathan McKinnon going against Colton Pareco and it's and right, and, and you're just like dude, those guys are just those are good yeah, NHL players going up against an a, a elite.
0: I, I like the forward core, you know, Bennington on any given day, whatever. But that defense is not a defense that should get you through the second round on St. Yeah, Rose.
1: and like Tori Krug, Torrey, not having Tory Krug just makes them worse because that was one of their more, like, if you're not going to be good defensively, you need to move pucks well. And he still does that well enough. And you remove that from the lineup and you end up with Callie Rosen in your lineup. And it's like, fuck, dude. Callie Rosen just does not yeah. do Corey, Cruz's job. No offense to Callie Rosen, but that's a big step down. Yeah. yeah. Like Callie Rosen's a fine, like quadruple, a like fill in type guy. But this is, this is similar to when a couple years ago, when the abs were playing Duncan Siemens in the playoffs, Mark Barbario in the playoffs. Like when you have a couple of injuries, you start to get into those guys and, and it's just too much. It's just too much of a step down.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the Avs are in prime position to take this series. And, of course, there's a reason they play the games.
1: Yeah, they still have to do it, man. I mean, we yeah. haven't really talked about it, but, like, this is as much them against themselves, them against their own demons, them against, like, this round two monster that I, we sort uh, of created over you, the last few if years. want to see your own demons, watch the Toronto
0: Maple Leafs blowing game six last night. Like... <laughs> The hardest so, guy to beat is yourself sometimes.
2: <laughs> yeah. When they went when they went up three to two, I was like, this feels like they may do it. They're gonna over, you know, they're they're they got the lead. They're going into the third. This is where they show the maturity. That five on three I tweeted. I said, this five on three feels like the series. If they kill this off, they'll get through the rest of this game. If they give one up and Tampa comes back to win it, I don't like what is going through Austin Matthews' head right now? You know what I mean? Like,
0: I don't want to know.
2: <laughs>
1: Some bad voodoo getting anywhere near that, I think.
2: <laughs> dude, no kidding.
1: I mean, you <sighs> have to and, – and that will be one thing in this series. The The emotional side of this is that nobody – outside of Greg Wyshynski, nobody thinks St. Louis is going to do anything, right? Like, people are still picking the abs. People are still saying, okay, like, this abs team should really do this thing. And internally, like, look, if if the Avs lose game one, that pressure skyrockets. Mm-hmm. Like, it goes from zero to ten thousand overnight. Because now it's like, oh man, are you guys gonna blow this? This is your best opportunity to get through this. You're out, You're on home ice. You're the best. You're the best home ice team out west. You've got all these advantages. You're as good as you are. Blah 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 blah. But the first, the first, you know, if if their first loss is two one or three or, or to make it two one or three one, it's not such a big deal. But if they get down in the series, uh, you know, if they're down, if they're down one nothing, like, oh man, like just a, that's a, it changes the emotional complexion of this in every facet. So uh, that's that. It's an important part of the conversation. The the Colorado handling expectations. Colorado handling you know, the world expects them to finally do something great. And St. Louis gets to just play free and be like, ah, well, nobody believes in us and F these guys. And you know, the, the true underdog thing, as much as, as much as the ads, like occasionally painted themselves as underdogs in round one, uh, like good for, good for them to like get up motivationally in that way. Like, Toto
0: painting Mercedes as the underdogs, man, (laughs)
1: like, come on, bud. But I do,
2: I do, I do appreciate that. And again, I, I agree with you. It was a little weird. The, some of the verbiage they use in that first round, but like, I do think there is a little bit of a mentality of again, like when you know, when, when it comes right down to it, people have to put their picks on paper, it's amazing how many of these tough guys who think the abs are phonies pick the abs, but, um, like, you know, they're, they are very well aware of the narrative that people think that, you know, Oh, they can't get out of the second round. They don't have it in them to go deep. Like they've got that in, you know, in them. And, and, and honestly, AJ, like I, it'll be interesting. I don't, I don't know if I fully agree that game one has the same importance that you were just saying, but
1: you don't think think the pressure skyrockets if they lose game one. No. (laughs) Oh. All right.
0: We'll disagree. I
2: look, yeah, no, have
0: been I, there before they've been in, in the 2-0 spot and lost four straight to Vegas, right? I think they have right. some some knowledge there. I and, if they and, lose both at home
2: though. Right. That's where I think it changes. But you know, just just again, I'm just going based off the way that this team has talked and even, you know, that first round series, it was something they specifically called out. Look, we can't win the Stanley Cup tonight for game one. We can't even win the series tonight we, we want to come out We want to get a good start. We want to get things going off on the right foot, but we understand that if we lose tonight, th- you got to win four. It's not just one. And I just, it'll be really curious to see how this team actually embraces that mindset. Um, Cause I think Ruda, that's a great point. Vegas was down two nothing last year and rattled off four straight. And I think a lot of that was because they didn't allow themselves to get consumed by the moment. And once things started to slide, the abs did, um, and they've talked all year about can't let that happen again. We have to learn the lessons from that, that series. And um, I mean, you could be right. Like you could be right. AJ, they, they, if they lose game one, they could start gripping sticks and all that stuff. But well, I think
1: the pressure goes up, how they handle it is up to them. But I think if they lose game one, like you're
2: your pressure
0: goes up, I don't think it turns well, up to that 11 level until game two. I don't think I you're really. I don't think you're really boiling over if they drop game one, unless you know. Obviously, it depends on how the bread gets made. But
2: right, right. Yeah. You know, Either way, though, I think it will be a fun series. I think. Uh, I think this is. Uh, I think it's a good matchup for the ABS, and um, I think it's gonna be a good matchup to watch. I think it'll be a
1: great series, man. I just don't know how yeah. long it'll be.
2: Yep. great doesn't have to be long. Any
1: final thoughts on the series? Or are we good? I pick up one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got nothing after that. Uh, all right. Uh, Eagles
0: do play tonight. They're up one oh in their series on Ontario in the aHL playoffs. so something fun there if you're looking for colorado hockey of course yeah, bunch they of other to,
1: hockey they, the eagles on. tried to win that best of five in game one yeah no
0: kidding and they tried to win it in period one man yeah that 10 to one was something <laughs> else <man. laughs> uh okay we are gonna get out of here hope y'all enjoyed the preview over the weekend and or Monday, Tuesday, depending on when series start ending, we'll have series previews here for you on YouTube for the rest of the playoffs. Be sure to tune into those as well. Uh, you know, we have you covered for anything and everything abs. So we appreciate all of y'all. We are out of here and we will talk to you the next time we have a podcast.